Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 68. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you for tuning in today. We are sadly approaching the end of summer, which always becomes so apparent to me when the CNE, the exhibition, comes to town, as it is the last two weeks uh, of the summer here in Toronto. But always good fun. It's a good way to kind of wrap up the summer. And uh, it was a great weekend. I hope you guys had a beautiful weekend. We celebrated my birthday over the weekend. I also have... <laughs> Like four of my best friends were also born in the same week. So it's just like birthdays all week. Luckily, I'm the first one so that, you know, everyone, everyone's always in a great mood for my birthday. But by the time we get to the last friends, everyone's exhausted. But before on Saturday night, before my, my party, I got to cross a big one off my bucket list. As you know, I'm also a concert photographer and I got the opportunity to shoot Kiss uh, at the Scotiabank Arena. And it was kind of, it was crazy. It was amazing, but it was also the most chaotic, hectic photo shoot I've ever had to do. So normally when, when we shoot an artist, we usually get three songs from the photo. It's called the photo pit, which is kind of that space in between the stage and the first row of people, in between the barrier and the stage. But then sometimes, a lot of times for older artists, they ask you to shoot from the soundboard uh, where all like the, the computers and lighting equipment and stuff is. Maybe because, I don't know, they don't want up-close shots of them. Or they maybe they, a lot of times they want you to get the light show in the photos. So anyways, for Kiss, I guess they want both. But we were under such a time crunch, they gave us one song from the, sound, from the soundboard and one song from the photo pit with no time in between. So they open with Detroit Rock City, where they come down on the platforms, lots of explosions. So we got that one from the soundboard. And then they go into Shout It Out Loud, which is a two and a half minute song. And we have to make our way, this is in an arena too, from the soundboard to the photo pit, and then shoot for that song. So basically we had two minutes to shoot Kiss up close. So it was just chaos, trying to get everything you needed in two minutes. On top of that, on my way into, in in my mad rush, on my way into the photo pit, I slipped on, I don't know, this part of the equipment or stage or whatever. I didn't fall or anything, but I did a bit of a splits and ripped about a 10-inch hole in my shorts, um, fully exposing lots of leg and underwear. And then I had to take the subway home uh, to drop off my equipment before going out. So uh, I was pretty indecently exposed on the TTC on Saturday night. So my apologies if you happen to see me that night. <laughs> and then in addition to that, I caught one of Paul Stanley's guitar picks, which is incredibly awesome. But in the commotion of, oh no, I only have two minutes to shoot Kiss, uh, I didn't want to fidget with my pockets, so I put the pick in my mouth to hold on to. And then I was like, wait, why is this pick wet? And then instantly realized... Uh, so Paul Stanley does this like kind of show-off move where he sticks the guitar pick to his tongue. And I realized this is the pick that was in his mouth. So I kind of indirectly made out with Paul Stanley on the weekend. And uh, so my friends were kind of joking all night that as well that I should probably uh, be checked for herpes. But moving on to immediate matters, today's podcast, 
we've got, uh, it's been a while since we featured a local band, and I love to do that. So today we've got Toronto alternative band Jane's Party. They are awesome guys, super cool rock and roll band. They're always on tour with bands like Blue Rodeo and Sam Roberts and the Arkells. So we've got Devin Richardson and Tom Ionescu from Jane's Party telling all kinds of great stories from my kitchen, continuing the kitchen series on the Adamantium podcast. And if you're not familiar with Jane's Party yet, I highly recommend you check them out. They're kind of like, they remind me a bit of like an, a kind of classic 90s alternative band with a modern twist. They just released their second full album. It's called Casual Island. Go and check it out. But of course, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommends section. So here's five songs by Jane's Party recommended to you by the Adamantium Podcast. So first, starting with the brand new album, Casual Island, I'm going to recommend the songs Straight From The Heart and You're The Light. Then going back to their first album, Tunnel Visions, I love the songs Old Friends. The next one's called Coming On Strong, and the third one is called Cigarette Buzz. And we're very lucky today, Jane's Party has allowed us to share uh, their brand new single, Straight From The Heart, from Casual Island, right here on the Adamantium Podcast. So here it is. Have a listen, and uh, let us all know what you think. Sur les gouffres
So there it is, Straight from the Heart by Jane's Party from their brand new album, Casual Island. You heard it right here on the Adamantium podcast. I love that song. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I do. So before we introduce you to the boys from Jane's Party, quick reminder, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please do hit that subscribe button. Leave us a nice comment and review if you so please. You can also subscribe to the Adamantium Podcast on Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow along all the Adamantium adventures on social media. We are on Instagram at The Adamantium. We're on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast. And we're on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Or you can find it anywhere just by searching The Adamantium. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Here is Devin Richardson and Tom Ionescu of Jane's Party in my kitchen (laughs) right here on The Adamantium Podcast, episode number 68. Enjoy, everyone. Have a great week. Get out there to the CNE. I think the Rival Sons are playing there tonight, which is incredible. And enjoy the last few weeks of summer, and uh, we'll see you next week. Here with uh, Devin and Tom from Jane's party. Thanks for uh, thanks. thanks for coming by. Thanks for having hanging us. Hanging out in my kitchen. <laughs> very cool. Very bright. Yeah, it is. It's nice. It's a nice day, you know. Um, and happy happy belated Canada Day. Yeah. 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 So you guys had uh, some some festivities. Yeah, we we day. had like a, a a bit of a ripping weekend. We had uh, Friday Friday and Barry. They were doing a big. Um, first anniversary for like a, a downtown amphitheater that we played okay and then uh and then sunday we were up in muskoka at kitabala with mm-hmm. the trues um that was a really fun show and then monday we were at union station for their canada day but yeah so how does so where where is the stage at union station it's right out right up front yeah the td puts on like a big patio and there's like and they food, close down food the streets and no it's not it's not on front street it's like essentially between the station itself and the streets like on the sidewalk there but it's such a okay. wide sidewalk that they've got like this pile in there vendors yeah. stage like That's everything cool. in this one yeah there. big tables like long picnic table vibe and that was was it full band or um <laughs> yeah, it's like full band but like broken down sort of like Tom brought a hilariously small amp and okay. uh, and Zach played a cajon, stripped down which is version. like, which is usually I'm very against cajones because I think they're stupid. But okay. it actually sounded pretty good. But the band before us had a full drum set. It was weird. It was fun. It was yeah. fine. Yeah, that's cool. That's it was kinda... you know the you know, having the night before I've been played just like a full blown rock show at like this crazy venue and then following that up right. with like the complete opposite was. Uh, I thought it was strangely inspiring. It was, it was yeah, like, yeah. You, know, you, can't, you can't do the same show you just did last night, so you got to come up with something that's going to work right. for this. Um, and, you know, super quiet. Everyone, you can really hear yourself. So, like, you know, dialing in those harmonies and stuff is Is that nerve-wracking? Easy, like, man. What's you, what? Is it more nerve-wracking when you can hear yourself more? Or? Well, when you can hear yourself, you know... If you're nailing it, you know you're nailing it. Okay. And if you're not nailing it, then you know what to do to then nail it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, it's nerve-wracking when you don't know what's happening. Right. And you're just singing to this mic, and you're sort of like, all right, this could be it, or it could be completely... And I wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. Uh, that's when it gets scary. Yeah, I just... It's interesting, because I, I was thinking... I, I did an interview with St. Lucia, who are like this very synth-poppy band, uh-huh. and they're doing an acoustic tour right now. 
and he's like yeah it's nice because like there's so much going on in our full show that like we can't hear each other and stuff I'm like how do you I'm like I didn't realize that you can't actually well, I mean, well, you got to be pretty, pretty tight to <laughs> like for us, we don't use in your, in your monitors. Okay. So we're just going off of like, you know, the monitors that's aimed at our knees that, you know, a sound guy's controlling right. and we're on opposite ends of the stage. So it's like, unless it's like perfectly dialed in, you know, and we're yeah. the opening band. So we only get like, you know, 20 minute sound check. So there's just like, you sort of just have to like put up with it Go, until yeah, you're, you until can, you're the headliner and you can sort of like yeah, have yeah. it the way you want, but we're fine with that. Like, some some like shows it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Like uh, at the key actually this time around, oh, man, uh, perfect. this guy make, like dialed it in. It was like, you know, perfect. Uh, yeah. But you just don't have that every night. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, you play a weird venue. Or what, like, are, what are some of your favorite venues to here in Toronto? Uh, the Danforth Musicals. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, we just did the Phoenix with Tom O'Dell. That was our first time playing the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's a great room as well. Yeah. Um, Mod Club is good. Mod Club's good. Yeah, yeah I mean, because they got the built-in lighting system, so it's like you can get a legit light show. Right. With with a, a, um, we love the horseshoe, but uh, they don't let you do like smoke, so lights don't look as good in there. Right. Okay. Um, and then our home away from home is the Cameron House. Cameron is, House. Yeah, yeah, we play there. That's sort of where we like cut our teeth yeah. when we first like, um, not when we first started playing downtown, but when we first started like really playing a lot we'd be doing residencies at the Cameron House mm-hmm. and playing with other bands. You know, we'd be there Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Friday, like three hours a night. Playing. That seems to be like for a lot of local bands, like their place that they kind of like where their heart is. Yeah. It's one of the great music hubs in yeah. Toronto where like a scene is like there, the musicians hang out Yeah, and, uh, and you know, you have the opportunity to have residencies. So you're playing four times a month, yeah. you know, even like, like long, long, uh, Long-time bands like Lowest of the Low still love playing. Oh, man, yeah. And we love, love the camera We love playing with those guys as well. Yeah. We played a bunch of shows with them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Norman Hawkins. Oh, man. Nice dude. They're, yeah. they're the best. Um, and congratulations. You guys released Casual... Uh, Casual Island, yeah. Casual Island this February, was it? Yeah, it came out in February, ago, right? A few months yeah. ago. Um, and I read somewhere that you, you guys had said that this album felt a little more personal. Um... Then maybe some of the previous albums are. What what about it kind of gave it that feel? Do you think? Um, I think just some of the. Uh, well, for me, like personally, some of the more the subject, the material that we were writing about. Mm-hmm. Like I like I lost my dog that I had for like ten years, so okay. I have a song called "The Only One" about okay. that, or like um, "Straight from the Heart," you know, about being in a relationship mm-hmm. for like many years and. The, trials and tribulations so, of that so just right. like more like personal, personal experiences, experiences yeah. um rather than uh you know songs about summer and stuff like right, that right. which was like <laughs> on the last record right well, there's nothing wrong with songs about no summer. you know like, summer's it's pretty like, awesome you can't help writing when it comes to you, you and know, well but. the thing is people people i think from you know maybe the west coast or whatever don't realize how much we appreciate summer <laughs> <laughs> like, for real like yeah like to you know this past like the past week has been amazing here and it's like I literally just want to be outside all the time like literally in a so much different mood than you know we literally had a like it just felt like it rained for two months straight it did yeah April and May it was crazy yeah yeah Um, what what about you Tom like yeah I I think in in the past with with records sort of one type of you know recording that mm -hmm. tends to distance you from things 
um, you know, you go to a studio with like a bunch of like demos in a variety of forms and you know you listen to it with the producer engineer whoever's there and then it's like all right great that sounds awesome all right let's uh just get rid of all that and we'll just start from scratch and then just redo the song better this time mm-hmm. uh which uh sometimes works great because you know it, it often does turn better turn out better but sometimes you lose some of the sort of initial spark that was okay. there when you first wrote it right. or um or like whatever made you like that thing in the first place enough to bring it to someone, you know, mm-hmm. is, is gone, it's mm-hmm. erased. Um, and so what we did this time around, we recorded a lot of this stuff at our places to begin with. Um, and then we took that material into Derek Hoffman, who, who mm-hmm. recorded and, and produced the rest of it. And the process wasn't like, all right, let's scrap that and start from ground zero again. It was like, all right, let's see if we can take this and uh, make that better right. and sort of... Uh, evolve it from that original mm-hmm. nugget and sometimes it was a process of like eh, you know that guitar thing sounds like crap or like eh, this didn't record all that well in which case you know you, you improve on it that way but uh, it never lost sort of the the initial thing right uh, which which got me really excited because I think you know some people call it demoitis or whatever word yeah but I don't really believe in that I, I think you know sure maybe there's an aspect of that but demoitis sort of fades after like a year or two okay. listening to that same demo mm-hmm. uh, and often you know that's that tends to be the timeline before you actually get a chance to go to the studio with it right. so by that point I think you can be a, a lot more um, uh, yeah you, well, this also being this being your like I guess your fourth studio album <clears throat> LP yeah. do you find that the process is a lot smoother or that there's like less of a learning curve of recording an album yeah I mean like the first one we recorded back in 2009 like we did it in our garage up at York University it's called the Garage Sessions and like Tom and Jeff were just starting to like record like learn how to use Mm -hmm. it like that old old ass gear and like a couple mics rented from Long McQuaid and like fast forward you know 10-11 years and we're now like our home studio setup is like which I mean it's still small like we still live in small apartments but like mm. the shit that you can do nowadays with like the yeah. software that you can get it just wasn't around like 10 years ago it's or like we weren't using it recorded exactly exactly right yeah. so the whole the bedroom production has just like gotten so good that we now have found like that like sort of a seamless way to like okay like this shit is sounding good let's just go to a studio do some drums maybe mm-hmm. bring in another person to get another point of view but all the shit we're doing like from the get-go is usable right. so it just sort of like speeds up the process in mm-hmm. a way um that we're really into because it means we can create a lot um cheaply and um quickly right and you guys worked with Derek Hoffman Derek on Hoffman, this one yeah. yes for the listeners, like produce the Arkells, the Trues, yeah, Allens um, as well. Yeah, right. Uh, Silverstein, what, couple of great bands. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of influence did he have on the album? Um, he was he was a really great fit because he's just sort of like he's become like a really good friend and is just sort of like one of us. You know, right. it's like sort of like when you just meet like a kindred spirit. You know, and we yeah. all of a sudden like became friends we hang out after the studio I see him all the time now we Step play brothers moment we play basketball <laughs> together it's great yeah. um, and uh, and he just like he's just got great ideas and you know he he understood what we wanted to do and just helped us get there which yeah. is great I don't think we worked with uh, at least in the producer role with someone who was like our age okay or roughly around our age everyone else that we 
worked with before have been like quite a bit older that kind of like older guru thing yeah yeah um, and uh, while that's you know it's great to have that kind of mentor side of things too uh, to have somebody who is totally on your same page and has the same points right. of reference as you know, likes the same stuff and has an amazing skill set mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. It's it he probably feels like you're gaining a, another band member, right? And if you kind of get to know each other on a personal, or he probably knows the band like what their vibe is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was within probably. like minutes he yeah. got what what needed to happen. Right. You know? Yeah. Like we started off bringing like the first single we brought "You're the Light" to him, and we had this demo that we liked, but we're like it's sort of boring. Like it's like long and it's like sort of flat you know mm-hmm. and like we brought it to him and within like the first 20 minutes he like like cut the bass from the chorus and like built up the drums so and then once the bass came back in it like yeah. hit really hard and he added like these like claps and shit and we were like okay this yeah. guy is making so. this shit way better like right. this is perfect you know and it just really and then we just sort of went track by track until we were like listen let's just do the whole record you know yeah, he's right. also like a total computer whiz where like uh, he could just like click the mouse a bunch and just <laughs> make your track go like 50% better. Right. It's like without yeah. even touching, like without recording anything extra, you can just like do that. Yeah. Right. His uh, knowledge of plugins, <laughs> plugins and stuff is just like so good, man. That's pretty cute. And, uh, and yeah, and we did like the whole thing like in the box, you know, like we didn't like the last record we did up, uh, up with Greg Keeler from Blue Rodeo, which mm-hmm. was another amazing experience, but yeah. it's totally different. We were like all, you know, recording at the same time like jamming in a room we lived with Greg for like a week and a half um, and it was it was totally cool but this was just sort of like okay we're gonna record a record in the city we all got you know we got teach guitar lessons we got jobs to get to so let's be in the studio from 9.30 till 3 and then we go work yeah so it was like long ass days like while we were recording it but uh, um it, it it was it worked out man it was yeah. fun it was it was a good way to do a record in the city without having to like totally uplift your life like for like two weeks or however long you're gonna go away which has its benefits mm-hmm. to do it that way for sure but for us like we already had all the songs and just you know being in the city working on a schedule that that fits it was mm-hmm. nice it's good experience um and I think I read also that many of the a lot of the demos that were created for this album you guys wrote while on tour with Tom O'Dell in 2016. Uh, inspired by the yeah. tour, at least. So yeah. what? So what about that tour made it so inspiring that? I think, you know? I, I think honestly, it was near impossible to write music while we were on that tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just, you know, like, like you, you could like you. I think you know you, you digest the experience and you write this stuff when you get home. Yeah. yeah. That, Once it's romantic in your yeah, mind. Yeah. It's, but it's a grind when you're doing. It, it was so course. hectic and so much work that like. Uh, you're you're lucky if you don't get you know sick halfway through and like start coughing up you know whatever <laughs> like right. it it was uh, it was hard. Now, how do you guys manage that, especially as vocalists? Well, man, like we um, we started that tour. That tour was like a whirlwind of just like every emotion and every the highest of highs. You know, yeah. not really the lowest of lows, but it was uh, it's so much work. Like we started off with the tour, like booking our flights. We landed in Amsterdam, and then they moved the tour to start in Germany and we all of a sudden had like five days to kill in Amsterdam. 
So, like, you're already starting <laughs> with, like, the world's biggest hangover. Right. right? Oh, right, <laughs> and, like, right. Yeah. And, and it's sort of like, well, we're in Europe. We have, like, four days before we have to start touring. And you just, like, you want to go see everything. Like, I lived in Holland, so I was we were staying with some buddies of mine. Yeah. But, uh, but like, these guys, and, and, and we all just want to walk around and, like, soak it all in because you're only in Europe, you know, a little bit. Of course. But then you fucking, you know, it's raining in Europe all the time. And, you know, it's November. And you're like, you all of a sudden you're getting sick. And you're like, yeah, oh, right. Fuck. So you're like, we started the tour, like... I think Zach was like like deathly ill. Yeah. And then like a couple days in like Jeff caught it, so Jeff was like sick for most of the tour and then like we caught it at the end. But it was like it was just like we Tom O'Dell's camp was super nice that they would carry all of our gear from okay. show to show. So we were able to do the whole tour in like a Toyota Corolla. Okay. With just our like our guitars and our carry on suitcases in right. the trunk. But like we were doing like thirteen or 11 countries in like 14 <laughs> days or something yeah. like that so we were like finally Europe we won't have to drive forever like we do in Canada and I was like nope you're Boy, still going yeah. from Stockholm to Hamburg in a night yeah. and all this shit um, so just like the sheer hours we had to drive and then like you get there you you know just make it in time for sound check and then you do your sound check and then you set up merch go get some dinner you gotta play okay after you play you have maybe an hour while Tom's performing to sort of like chill out have a drink but then second Tom's finished we had to like one person had to pack up the gear and make sure it got on the truck the other guys would head to merch and like yeah. to try and like capitalize on all these fans of you know, take photos yeah. sell as much merch as you can bring it all maybe chill with the guys for like you know half an hour before they hop on the bus to the next show so, yeah. you have to go find your airbnb which ends up being fucking like 30 minutes outside of town <laughs> by like you didn't plan on it right and then you you know sleep for five hours wake up because you have to drive seven hours to the next show yeah. and it was like that sick. like bang bang every bang, day for like two weeks and managing that while you're sick is like not and like sick bad. and it was just the four of us no road manager like no tour manager no really just, just the four guys. of us because yeah. we had to like keep costs down because it was like right it was just bonkers but it was so much fun, man. So then, yeah. if you can find five minutes to like write a bit of a song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that day, But then, like, so, but then, once you're on stage, it's just like you're on stage. Totally it's fucking, it's incredible, man. Yeah. Like he's his the fan, his fans too, like, are just like so good. They're like, you know, thirsty for new music and like really excitable. Say, I think European fans, especially too, like they appreciate like opening bands too. Like they're willing to listen yeah, and. Man. You know, and especially like those Scandinavian countries, like you said, I, I think they're like thirsty for music. You know, like as much as great it is, like we have such a great music scene here in Toronto, but we're also overprivileged with the amount of music we have yeah, here every, every single night. Like, you yeah. know, I always say, I'm like, you could see someone you've heard of every single night almost in, in Toronto. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so maybe like we're a little. You know, overprivileged. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, there's there's such like excitable audiences Man, in Europe right. that. And they're like his crowd, like they're the type that like wait outside the venue, like After, before yeah. no before, before doors even open. So yeah. they're, and like it was like eleven a.m. At like eleven a.m. And it's like yeah. you're in Poland and it's like minus fifteen and these girls yeah. like firefighters are having to bring like like warming blankets for these fans because yeah. they're just like outside shivering. Oh man, it was they're the best they're the best fans so like, how do you manage your voice like if you've got come down with a cold and it's just how do you manage your voice get those, you call get, those get those emergencies get those emergencies going emergencies yeah 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 that's it I don't know you just we like tough you know, it out for the however try, long you try and drink some tea and yeah you know just hope you don't get sick like we one advantage that we have 
like three of us sing lead on 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 songs. Yeah. So if someone's really someone just totally kind of toast, it up. Yeah. You, you can sort of you know leave that guy yeah. out and, and, and we, replace him yeah. with someone else. And we've had to song. do that a couple times throughout our career, yeah. and it's really great. I remember showing Barry where I yeah, was it's like kind of like a good definitely. Benefit. Yeah, I was like definitely ill, and I think I tried to sing one song, and I like had to whisper sing it, and Tom, I just remember <laughs> like like laughing at me. Like I finished, he was like, "What the fuck was that?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm not singing anymore." Yeah. Man, even like I was, I was telling you, I had John Fratelli on this, and the day that I met, I'm surprised he actually even spoke to me that day because his voice was hurting so bad, and he was like, he still had like three weeks left on the tour or something, and uh, we were like uh, backstage at Danforth, and he had like a humidifier. The room was like moist because there's so much humidifier going and he was like basically whispering I had to like stick the mic right underneath him yeah. and um, but yeah he's like it's just what it is yeah. and he's like I gotta save my voice as much as I can I so. haven't figured out how to do a tour like sort of what Devin's explaining yeah. where you don't get sick right I don't know yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is yet yeah. I think the answer is to be the headliner so you get to just sleep on a bus yeah, and you have a whole and, yeah. day to like chill out in the town and get coffee but the grind of the opening band is yeah it's a grind man yeah so you mentioned too that you like I was one of my questions was uh, you know certain songs like you mentioned the three of you sing mm-hmm. when creating songs and stuff how do you guys decide who kind of gets what part, what works best with who, or... Well, usually whoever writes the song will sing. Will sing that yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unless it's like, you know, unless, you know, Tom used to write, you know, melodies that he couldn't sing at the time, so then, you okay. know, All right. I would so sing it or Tom's Jeff a late would sing singer. it. I used to dish mine out to them. He, okay. had so many, he had so many hits to spare, you know. That's it. That's it. it. Just just until, got fed, hits, eh? until we got fed up with me and they made, made me sing well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, fuck you, Tom, I'm not singing this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, a number of the songs, too, on um, on the album have collaborations with other yeah. artists and stuff. So you've got, like, DJ Scratch in there. Uh, Scratch Bastard, our boy. Yeah, Bad, Bad, Not Good. Mm-hmm. A couple of members of Fast Romantics mm-hmm. and stuff. Were these, like, friends of yours already, or did they kind of... You know, you were looking for a particular sound. Or uh, well, some were, some, some weren't. I, they're all pretty much friends. Like I didn't know uh, Leland from Bad Bad Not Good, but you mm. had sort of known him. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think having you know been a band for a while, being musicians mm-hmm. for for a while now, in the Cameron House and sort of hanging out in the scene stuff, going to see shows and talking to people. Right. Um, they're in Toronto's pretty blessed with having like right. a pretty serious you know musical caliber yeah um and uh so yeah i mean a, a lot of these were sort of people that we had heard of or met like a few times or something um that we were excited you know even just with the thought of working with them mm-hmm. and you know they're just a phone call away <laughs> right yeah. and most and most people are just after whatever yeah uh, and so and when you have pr reps too you just like they know who to contact you know <laughs> like, yeah so. i mean we didn't i don't think we've ever really gone through PR for no, no yeah, 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 so they're like pals yeah. like Paul yeah. like Scratch Bass so we've been buddies since university okay he like used to, he like is now married to my old roommate oh okay so like he used to come stay at our house like and, then, and then we were just like for that for that song I was just sort of showing him what we were working on um, with this right with a right down the line cover and then he was like oh you know it'd be tight if we like you know put like a drum machine on this and like and he sort of like had some production ideas I was like yo well do you want to like work on this with us and he's like oh you know let me think about it see you know he said he's like yeah like let's fucking let's mm-hmm. do it so then we, he sort of like 
did a bit of beat beat production and okay. and sort of like you know we bounced ideas off his right off of him for that track and it came together and then like Fast Romantics like we've you know played shows and Curdy and Matt have been friends right. for a while so Matt helped actually write the outro to uh, You're the Light okay. with us we sort of brought him that same flat recording that we had and we're like how can we make this better and he sort of like helped us out um, with that so he's got some writing credit on it and then uh, and Curdy we've been like her backing band a couple times like okay. over the years at the Cameron House yeah and, uh, and with, stuff with Leland, it was just like, "Hey, man, do you want to come over sometime and we'll have coffee and I'll show you some songs?" He said, "Yeah." <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you find like the creative process has to change a little bit there to like accommodate, or it's just kind of natural feel? Well, I feel like with these, like, it's easier when you've already got like the foundation. It's easier when you can just be like, "Yo, Leland, come over and rip some mm-hmm. horn, like, okay, right. okay. whatever you feel, you know, let's do it." And then. Uh, and so he did that with like acknowledgments, and then with the surfing on a sine wave, the outro track on the record, yeah, the yeah. instrumental, that was like a track that Tom, Tom had had, and then and then Leland sort of brought mm-hmm. in a lot of cool ideas, and then we sort of went into a studio specifically for a day to record live off yeah. the floor, that song at um, Baldwin Street Sound with uh, um, Aaron Goldstein's studio. Um, we uh, we like our process. Till then, it was all like we were saying with Derek, like in his studio, a lot of mouse clicking and things. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to do something that was like totally not that. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, throw it back to just guys jamming in a room, kind of. Right. Thing. Yeah. Uh, and we're all big Bad Bad Not Good fans. Love those recordings. And so, I'd, a big part of it, I guess, made made to answer your question a little bit, was like, you know, when you get someone in that you're working with, mm-hmm. I I want to like mind them for their yeah with their good yeah, yeah like, exactly I wouldn't like invite someone that. over and be like alright let me now you know micromanage what you do right <laughs> uh, so like it's really so it's not more like it's not more like them trying to sound like you it's kind of like incorporating their yeah it's like we love what you do come let us be you know yeah, yeah part of that sprinkle and, some of that on and that way too you, you learn you learn so much like you learn like maybe a new workflow you learn right. like, new influences you see how other people do it because mm-hmm. I think when you, you've been a, we've been a band for for quite a while now we've sort of settled into our particular workflow. Right. But to get someone who's never you know done it completely differently for mm-hmm. so long uh, gives you great ideas. Right. Um, yeah. What so, was that band that he introduced us to? The there's a few. He, he's a big uh, David Ox- Oxlade fan. Who, okay. Who did a uh, you know like. Bow. Uh, the next episode okay yeah, uh, yeah that yeah. was a sample from one of his tunes he's like a mo- like movie scorer right? oh okay yeah and, that's and, really cool and so I hadn't really listened who to is, who's this uh, David Axelrod is okay the, is the not the democratic uh, right yeah <laughs> who's also David Axelrod he's yeah. like, an, like an 80s movie music okay kind of guy uh, and I'd never really listened to much of that and 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 Leland's like, yo, check this out. Oh, like, sorry, it was Leland that day. Yeah, and I was like, this is yeah. sick. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Manhattan Street Band. Manhattan Street, yeah, that one, that's a sick. They're uh, okay. like an offshoot of the Dap Kings recording yeah. sort of family. Um, all instrumental tunes that sound like they could be in like a, you know, like a Shaft soundtrack or something. Okay, like, yeah. Uh, really groovy, kind of simple, but like the like beautiful production on right. that. And so those were kind of our two... Um, you know, kind of what we're aiming for. Inspiration. So yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would never, I wouldn't, you know, it's great bringing someone in like that and then just being like, show me what you mm-hmm. do. <laughs> uh, 
and that's sort of the fun of it because then you get to learn about new bands you get to learn about uh, yeah. the process and, and really kind of embody what that person's bringing to the table what about like some of the bands that you've toured with you ever pick up because I mean you guys have toured with like Blue Rodeo and you oh, know, yeah, Sam Roberts yeah. all, like, all that shit are you like, able to pick up stuff from stealing them stage you're... tricks from the Arkel like right. when we were when we drove on that European tour oh, yeah. we like we drove specifically from Stockholm <laughs> to Hamburg um, in one go which was like Ten and a half hours or something like mm-hmm. that, because the Arkells were playing Hamburg that night, and we had that night off, and we were playing Hamburg the next night, and so they were playing like a little three hundred person room, and we were playing like a four thousand person thing, so it was okay. like this total flip. Yeah, right. Thing. But we went to see them, and they fucking rammed out this like three hundred person, like you, you couldn't even yeah. stand. So it was super cool to see them like crushing it in a club there, but like they're just like you know they just have like the best live show, you know. So we were like okay, like, I think that'll work, I think that'll work, you know, and then, so right. the next night, we, like, well, I, you know, like, we're, like, Max, like, we're totally gonna steal some of these moves, he's, like, man, like, I stole them from the best, so, like, right, just right. go just ahead, you know, out. like, take them, work, do what you can, so the next night in Hamburg, we had, like, a slow song, and, like, we had everyone, like, bring out their cell phones, you know, and, yeah, like, yeah. do this whole Arkelsian thing, and it was really fun, and it worked, and it crushed, and then, uh... Arkelsian, is that a new, is that a new word? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, uh, Victorian. It's You're right, like, Arkelsian, uh, yeah. yeah. How to Byzantian. crush the Canadian <laughs> yeah, yeah, how to rule yeah. the Canadian music market. Yeah. Yeah. The Arkelsian way. Yeah. Um, and but like uh, and then you know, like seeing Tom O'Dell and his band and right. they fucking yeah. like crush it every single night. They're so such amazing musicians and uh, like the best showmen showmen around. So uh, just you know, stealing little like mm-hmm. the way they had like little moments in their set and stuff like yeah. that, we sort of try to take things like that, you know? Is that how you were? I noticed. Um, I think it was. What was the video? Oh, coming on. Yeah, coming on strong. You guys have all these Canadian musicians. Yeah, in yeah. The, was that just different guys you toured with, and then you called them up after? Yeah, like, Would you like so to that be was just video? sort of like, let's you know, how can we make this video, uh, you know, more interesting? Like to yeah, re- yeah. make a, a wider reach, you know, cast a wider net. And so, so sorry, quickly before for the people listening, it's like. You got oh. all these Canadian musicians yeah. kind of doing karaoke. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like a karaoke bar in, like in Jim Kensington. Cuddy in there we had Jim Cuddy. He actually sang on the track, so we were like, oh, "Okay." So he has like a little vocal line on the track because uh, he just happened to be popping in the studio. We were recording yeah. at the Blue Rodeo Studio on the Danforth for that oh, cool. song. Okay. And Jim happened to be popping in, and we were like, "Jim, like, would you like would you sing like on it? Like, let's sing anything. Like, it'd be great." He's like. All right, I got 15 minutes. Like, what do you need? And we were like, uh, sing this part. He blew it, and he like did a harmony, like right. sang with himself. So we have like these solo tracks of Jim Cuddy, like yeah. if I'm coming on too strong, and he yeah. does this whole Jim Cuddy thing, and it's fucking amazing. Um, but then for the video, he had broken his leg, or his something. knee. He like, really? busted, like so yeah, his and knee this was like a, the second floor of, yeah. of this bar, so he almost didn't come out. And then they like wheeled him in. Yeah, we had really? to like, carry him like yeah. up the stairs, and like he had to like sit down on a chair. Yeah. Like you can't tell, but he's like sitting on a chair. Um, but he did it. He he came. He's, I thought he's standing. He's I know, sitting the he's, whole time. He's sitting he's all like thing. <laughs> really? I know the magic of it's cameras, so right? Like lifting Jim Cuddy up. It was like, pretty funny. I think he might have. Crutch, I don't remember, but we definitely had to pick him up, and he had to like recline in the back seat <laughs> yeah. for the whole drive. I went to uh, I went to high school with his daughter. Oh, Emma. Yeah. 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 Nice. And uh, actually, so Emma and I went to like we were on we went on a French exchange in mm-hmm. like grade grade ten, I think it was. And so there was a parent teacher or like a yeah parent teacher meeting for 
people who were going to France or whatever, and I'm pretty sure the only reason my dad went was because <laughs> June Rodeo was going to be there. <laughs> my dad loved Blue Rodeo, so... Uh, that's so it's, like, funny. not the type of thing my dad would normally go to. Like, like my mom, that would be my mom's duty to do. And Yeah. But I think once I told him, like, Jim Cuddy was going to be there, I think he was like, okay, then I'll come. Yeah, yeah that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and for, like, Blue Rodeo, like, sort of, like, the influence... It, like, we played a couple shows with them, and, uh, um, and you know, like, really are good friends with the whole Blue Rodeo camp, like, mm-hmm. all the guys in the band, and you just sort of, for us, it was sort of like, you know, we were, like, younger band, but then you sort of see the lifestyle of people who've been doing it for, like, right. ages, you know, like, 40 years, 50 years, and you're like, you can sort of see, like, oh, this is, this is how it can go, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Blue Rodeo is, like, one of the top clean bands of all time, so there's other, there's definitely other routes yeah, it can go to, right, right. <laughs> but, but for us, to like, see, for me, at least, to, like, you know, see the way they live, and, like, you know, the way they just have good their, people too. it's great people, it's inspiring, too, because they probably exactly. made all the mistakes that exactly. you're about to exactly, make, exactly, man, <laughs> yeah, I mean, between Greg and Jim, they've been sort of, like, mentors to us, right, right, Greg, Peter, Okay, yes. The yeah, other. Yeah. And, you know, they have two singers in the band, so it's always, right. you know, like, For early on we got like, oh, they're like Blue Rodeo, they have multiple singers. And, uh, um, and yeah, it's always, it's always cool to have a, a, a mentor. So did you have to like film that. the video kind of, like, in pieces and, like, kind of keep bringing... We did, well, we did it like in two parts. One part. day where you're like, everyone... It, we did it two days because we did the karaoke video. Yeah, so we right. did, like, a green screen sort of video that we would then project on the back. Mm-hmm. And originally we weren't, like, it was just going to be guests and stuff, but then we ended up splicing the two of them. But we had, like, our, our pals Brave Shores, Shad came by... Uh, Sam Cash, Ferraro, uh, Michael Hollett, he used mm-hmm. to own that magazine. Uh, the, the, the best part was, I mean, we sent these people the song so they'd know what they're singing to, but uh, we didn't tell them that it was going to be like double speed. Okay. Like, because uh, then they'd slow the video down and looked all slow motion. Yeah. But when you actually did it, you'd have to do it insanely fast. Okay. And, and they hadn't, you know, no one's gonna study this song to right. double speed. And uh, so you know, you're you know, throwing Jim up there, or, like shout up there, or just show up, you know, and then and then he played the first play, and they're like, ooh, 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 rush <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, even trying to get like one word so that it matches up. So yeah, that was sort of <laughs> yeah. I think for, for whoever had to edit it, yeah, because like Jim's obviously not going to spend his own time like learning a double speed version of our song. Right. So he just sort of showed up, and we were like, okay, you know, Jim, like here's the timing, like it's really fast. Try and take a couple. Of I don't think Shad even listened Shad to it because he showed up and he was like, man, uh, no, I like this song. Sounds pretty dope. Like, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Shad was good because uh, Scratch Bassett, he also came and he was in the video. Um, and Shad and Paul are good friends, so they were they like did their thing together in the video and stuff. Yeah, it was fun. It was a great video, and it, it like when that when we dropped that video, it was crazy because you know like well, we're like capitalize on all there. Well, we're like a young <laughs> band, and like you know, so like we didn't expect much of a reach, but like it was like okay, you know, video's been out for an hour. Oh shit, like two thousand views. Yeah, five thousand views. Oh shit, yeah, a couple hours later. 15,000 views like yeah. 20,000 views and then we were like we're going to a million boys yeah. and then it like capped off at like 30,000 views or something like that yeah. but we were like still that was pretty fucking crazy we even had yeah. some actors in there that we didn't know who they were there was like Beard Guy also oh yeah we had oh, yeah. rest in peace yeah, yeah. yeah I, I actually I, had, I met them as well they did it my, and it was not too it was like a couple months after he passed mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that was sad that was man yeah that's really sad but from all I've heard 
really nice dude. No, mm-hmm. he's yeah, the best. Yeah. Dude. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. This is some understanding there. He's yeah, like, that's well, like his like, thing. Like, no, like, play his right? gimmick, yeah. right? They had this whole yeah. scene with him where like someone was going to bring him a beer and he was like not going to take it or something. We, I remember we spent like half an hour, like an hour just working on this like one like beer plot scene? line. Yeah. And then just then got cut because it made no sense. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, one of my favorite songs of your guys is uh, the song Old Friends. Oh, nice. Yeah, I just, I love, like, the riff, the guitar riff Thanks. and the, uh, the groove. Yeah. Um, the vocals sound, like, very strokesy to me. I get that a lot. A yeah? lot of people come up to me after shows. There's like, another song, Secret Buzz, as yeah, well. That's yeah. definitely the most strokesy and yeah, yeah. Um, influenced, influenced tune, for sure. Um, I think, like, Tom's guitar part's got a real strokesy vibe to it. Yeah. But, yeah, just, uh, uh, um... For old friends like that guitar riff, I had sitting around for maybe like three years. Really, I couldn't think of anything to go with it. I just like every time I picked up picked up like my guitar, I go and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta think of something." And then like you know, and then you know, you try a bunch of different shit. You try demoing like a million different ways, and then you know, finally one day I sat down and you know, I was like, "Well, what if I just make it one of those pop songs where the progression's the same?" every time and right. then just the melodies change over it so once I sort of had that idea I was able to sort of like not try to think like where can I take this progression it's sort of like no this is it let's figure out some melodies that work and then uh, and then yeah and then it ended up working out brought to the dudes and, and they all liked it and then uh, yeah Greg Keeler liked that one too actually yeah was there a, a, a Strokes influence at any point, oh, or were you just like oh, they, later on it came? Oh no, okay. So you oh well, for me, I find they're just one of my favorite bands. Right. So like anything I write, like I Did love. Did you go to opening night? No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Man. I didn't. I wish I had. I shot that show actually. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I was I've seen them. Now. I've seen them a couple times. So yeah, I saw them on their first impressions of Earth yeah, tour. It's a much better time in Amsterdam. It was, so I have like I have great it, Strokes memories. It's funny. I hadn't. I'd never seen the Strokes before. And then I saw them twice in the same week. <laughs> yeah. I because uh, I when I shot opening night at, at the amphitheater this year, which was the Strokes, and then I was in London. I was going actually to home to Ireland, not home, but my parents home uh-huh. to Ireland for a wedding. And I stopped off in London because one of my cousins moved there, and he's like, "Yeah, I got tickets for All Points East." Oh yeah, go. Yeah. He's like, "Sure." He's like, "I was like, who's headlining?" He's like, "The Strokes." And I was like. Literally, I've like never seen it now twice in the same week. Yeah. It was like Wednesday and then Saturday. <laughs> Our pals Dizzy played that. Festival. Who's that? Dizzy? Do you know Dizzy? Maybe so. It's like it's like five nights or something. Oh, okay. Like that. So I only went one night. Right. It was a Saturday. It was like it was it was probably the best night though. It was the Strokes, the Raconteurs, Interpol, Johnny Marr. Like yeah, sick. Yeah, it was yeah. a good night. It's good. Yeah, night. that's really good. Okay, um, getting through there. So. Yeah, actually, we're, we're, we're coming up on most of the questions I had, had for you guys, but uh, kind of, uh, I just want to know, like, what's what's next? What's the next plan for Gene's Party? What do you guys... We're, um, well, we're working on a video for the next single off the record, which is going to be straight from the heart. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. So we've... Uh, That's one of my favorite ones off oh, the, the new record, yeah. Sweet, thanks. Um, so we've got, uh, well, what, what we've been doing with this record is we, we've released a single, and then on the B-side, we've made, like, we've done, like, a cover. Okay. Like, and, like, made it sort of weird. So with You're the Light, we had a, a Jerry Rafferty cover right down the line. Right. As the B-side side for uh 
for wait for you. I think we did yeah, the July talk cover. I remember. Well, too. that was that was earlier. Yeah. We did the weird wait, July talk. Wait for you. Cover. I think was the surfing on sign. Surfing on the sign wave, right? Instrumental, and then, which wasn't a cover, but right? But then satellite. We had a drive cars cover. That oh we yeah, did yeah, with, yeah, That we did with Curry. That's on the record too. Um, and so now when we have straight from the heart, we sort of wanted to harken back to what we did with. Uh, Tunnel Visions is we had we released Tunnel Visions in 2016 and then in 2017 we did an EP called Tunnel Revisions, okay. which is like reimaginings of uh, of the tracks on the record. Um, so there's like two different versions of like Cigarette Buzz. So gotcha. now we have okay. Siggy Buzz, which actually like is one of our biggest tracks on Spotify for some reason. Um, and then like uh, you know uh, Tunnels, we have Keep Waiting. So we sort of like did these different little vibier okay. versions of it so we sort of want to do that with Straight From The Heart so now when we release like the radio edit of Straight From The Heart we'll release uh, a B-side which is like a wave vibier like okay. um, chill wave what do you call it like ambient chill wave ambient okay. chill wave version of it and we have our pal uh, Sky Wallace singing on it okay. with us um, and then we've got uh, oh here's Jeff calling me right now and then uh, so that music video come out um, hopefully some some well we got some more dates throughout the summer um, we got a we're what's, up the, what's to, the cover you're going to put on the, the B sides of this well one? so that's the, the B side for Straight from the Heart is going to be a cover of Straight from the Heart just oh, done right. so you know? revision version yeah revision version um, and then uh, and then we're going to try and record like a like a live off the floor rock and roll EP okay um, um, we've got the songs for it already. We've yet to do it. We've been talking about it for years. Okay. Yeah. And uh, every time we're in the car, we'll, we'll, we'll make like a fantasy running order of this uh, rock and roll EP. Okay. Uh, we've yet got to get started on it. But. Okay. But we have the demos. Like, we have the songs. We got the songs. Because we have three songwriters, so we have all these songs. And so not sorry, what's the idea fits. for the rock and roll Well, it's just like, like this last record was like really produced and like all in the box so and like, like in the really studio. And now we want to just do like the four of us because people really like our live shows and we're like yes, yeah. you know we're like players and like we make a really energetic live show but then we make these like really intricate records so we sort of want to just make a, like a ballsy live off the floor like gotcha um, rock and roll record um, so we're gonna try and do that we've got we wrote a great Christmas song with our buddy uh, Jay McCarroll from Brave Shores and okay. Nirvana the band the show um, and so we wrote a great Christmas song with him which we're hopefully gonna record um do a better version we have a, a demo but um hopefully put that out this year before cool. for christmas time um and then yeah i mean hopefully we can get back to europe soon and then uh i can just keep, keep the grind going you yeah know? keep it going and what um last question what are your favorite songs to play live at the moment straight from the heart for me it's feeling pretty good yeah i think that was finally getting dialed in yeah there's always that sort of like first four shows maybe where like you're trying it out just like kind of like for the sake of it yeah or, like like it, you can see how it's going to be yeah, good yeah, actually like, but and, and I know we got to get there but it yeah. feels when you're like right you're there. putting it on the set list you're like oh I'm not sure about this one um, but then it's funny like after four or five shows you know you've kind of like get used to it you've sort of figure out what works um, then you start looking forward to it Okay. it's that new song that's working yeah exactly right. and people like fans like I would see like fans sort of react when I, I remember like, the yeah, chorus it's that one that's how I actually get, I first heard that one was yeah. the, the horseshoe show yeah so I think so like I think Wait For You is finally there 
where it's like finally comfy. Straight from hard, just got there. Yeah. Uh, Arrow, Arrow's getting there. Arrow's the next one that we're trying to get up to up to par. Satellite finally feels good now. Like there was times where like we just wouldn't play a satellite in our set. We're like, man, this is like on the radio. Like right now, we right. have to play it. Like these are what people hear of us, and yeah. we're just like, Jeff's always finicky about it. He's always like, ah, nah, not today, not today. <laughs> <laughs> like all right, but now it's finally feeling good. So it's it's a staple in the set now. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny like as you get in a band with you know you get more and more records under your belt you start to you know forget like songs that were like such staples in our rep- live repertoire just right. like we haven't played for years now really and okay. so one you know eventually we'll have to go back into the catalog and dig up some some like hot noise and stuff like we have right. fans come up to us be like man like I w- I've been a fan of yours since hot noise came up but I wasn't old enough to come out to the shows you know right, so and so now they're, they're like I want to hear these songs that I never got to hear and yeah. we're like nah <laughs> check out the new stuff you know yeah but yeah we'll dive back eventually we'll have to do like a reunion tour or something okay. and, and uh, do a three a reunion setter or something yeah there you go play all the records do like a what do they what do they call it um yeah, where you when play like one full record, or like where someone takes a oh, residency. You have to do like a residency yeah. at Horseshoe. Do yeah, like three yeah, nights, yeah. three yeah. record and yeah. record. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty sweet actually. Yeah, uh, cool. So where where can people see you coming up? Uh, I mean, we'll be at the Northern Lights Festival in Sudbury this weekend. I'm not sure when this podcast. Is yeah, going probably on. probably won't be up for okay. that. So uh, <laughs> other than that, you can see us. Uh, I mean, July 15th, I think, we'll be in Bowmanville with Deer Rouge um, at oh, the, BM, the BMW cool. M Festival. That'll be fun. Is there um, something in Burlington or something? Oh, yeah, Brampton right. City with Sky Wallace, actually. That's, okay. um, I check our website, James, <laughs> yes. jamesparty.com. <laughs> jamesparty.com. It's been, it's been uh, every every sort of week and every yeah. weekend for us for, for the last few months has been packed, so it's just been really great. Uh, so we've had yeah, a we're not complaining. Yeah, we love being busy. Like, you know, but, uh, we've had we've had times yeah, where we aren't busy. Too many you know? shows. Too many people I just like re- our music. Yeah, yeah. goddamn. <laughs> I, yeah. I just forget what's just next. Just chill, people. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a minute to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks very much, guys, for joining. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This is great, man. Cool. I love the name Adamantium. It's very like. Wolverine. It's Wolverine great X-Men when people vibes. get it. Like the people when people get it, they're like other people are like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> we weren't sure if you would be some word? like super villain like up in a lair, you know? Right. Well, you know what? It's like I Magneto vibes. Yeah. Well, I don't want to repeat it. I'll tell you after why I started because I don't want to repeat it on the podcast. Pretty probably people are like, oh, I'm just gonna tell this story again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll tell you about it. But anyways, great. thank you guys thank for being you here. This is fun. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to see you guys again. Right on. Cool. Adamantium.